You're listening to the Twisted Sisters podcast with Allie, a fiery realtor queen, and Samantha, a gypsy wandering her way through life while navigating being a rock star woman with ADHD. Both are former teen moms of two who have faced challenging adversities. They're here to break stereotypes, get real with you about the messiness of life, and remind you that we're all just a little twisted. Hello, hello, and you're listening to the Twisted Sisters podcast. This is one of your hosts, Samantha Mello, and my co-host, Ali Engren. I excuse my raspy voice right away. I have had a um, sinus infection, double ear infection. It's been quite the week, but um, I have so much excitement and pleasure. I know I say that every week because every interview is just always so exciting to me, but um, Brianna Hoisington was one of the first interviews I set up when I started my podcast. Um, the reasoning is because of her story and just who she is authentically as a whole. Um, when you meet Brianna, you can't help but come and be unapologetically yourself because that's how she shows up. And she's such a ray of light. She's such a lighthearted, but so real and in depth and has a way with words that just is so intriguing. will just hook you right in and is so relatable in so many different ways. So I can't wait for you guys to, um, Learn about this amazing woman that I've gotten the pleasure to know for since probably middle school ages. And um, we've been through a lot of life in a very short, young age, short period of time. And I can tell you there's, um, I would not be where I'm at in my healing and where I'm at today um, had I not had a friendship like hers, who had already walked through such tragedy and um, also through a lot of wins um, before me and was able to come to her during times um, when I needed that. And there's not very many people that I had during those times. And so I'm so grateful for her. I'm so grateful for her honesty and her genuine um this her genuineness and who she is and how she brings herself to the table every time. And I can't wait for you guys to hear this too. Um, she's also writing a book, which is incredible. So this is just going to be a little sneak peek into everything you're going to get to read in her book. And I tell you, this book is so intimate, so just like you're in her heart, in her mind, in her soul. And I can't help but be so ecstatic and um, just really be proud of where she's at today um, and getting to witness and watch her come through uh, her life in the way that she has with such dignity and grace and style and honesty and truth. And also, one of the biggest things for her, her faith. So, listen in, you guys, and uh, take something away. And I, uh, I hope you guys leave as blessed as I was. 
Thanks. All right. Thanks for tuning into the Twisted Sisters. We have Brianna Hoisington today, one of my really good friends. We have known each other for how long, Brianna? Oh, gosh. Uh, junior high? Yeah. Maybe? <laughs> yeah. Like, too junior- far? Yeah. I mean... It's kind of funny. We've all just connected in our weird little group. We're all different ages, you know, like you were a junior when I was a freshman, right? Yeah. Uh, Yes. I'm the elder of the group. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I don't know. I think we all just really connected and have stayed connected the whole time. It's kind of crazy. It was really neat doing the interview with my mom and her friends and like thinking about our high school group too. I thought so too with mine too. I'm like, Oh, I want to get all of them in a room and yeah. And like go through it. And what is it going to be like when we're all talking in 46 years? Like what? Oh yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That was a really good episode. It was cool to see relationships like that stood the test of time, you know, through everything that they've been through. That was really neat. Yeah. And I mean, just, yeah, I agree. I was thinking really in depth about, I think it's kind of cool that we had you after that episode, which wasn't really planned all of that way out, but, um, I don't know. I was looking at just our group has been through a lot of stuff. Like, I think we could write a book. (laughs) (laughs) We could have a chapter on each person, probably two chapters on each person (laughs) and like what everybody has gone through. And I'm like, is this normal or is our group like abnormal or like, I don't think so. I think just everybody goes through so much in life and it's so different from somebody else. And it's because mine's the same way. I feel like, right. And that's why it's really cool. I'm so grateful. Like you guys obviously are giving me the opportunity to talk, but also like, I just want to like congratulate you guys for really just doing this. Like it's such a big thing for people. I think because you can talk a lot and say, you're going to do a lot of things, but you guys really just stepped up and did it. And I think it's really important for everyone to hear because we're all living a hard life one way or another. And a lot of it happens behind closed doors, but a lot of it is out in the open, but people need to like talk about it. And you guys are opening up that line of communication and like giving people the space to like feel their feelings. And I think that's super important and you guys are awesome. So thank you. I want to cry right now. Goosebumps. (laughs) (laughs) It is. And it's like, I think those messages we've been receiving have been probably yeah. Huge blessings. Yes. But I feel like though, I come back to you so much because you have a way of showing up for people in these crazy times and like the most elegant, peaceful, <laughs> like beautiful way where like, I remember when I was dealing with somebody who had dealt with loss, we'll say, or something, it was very uncomfortable for me. I didn't quite know how to even go about it, what to say. You don't want to offend them. You don't want to say that, you know, do the wrong thing. Do I reach out? Do I bother them? Do I not? And I yeah. feel like anytime I've ever gone through anything, you always just had this way of wording, <laughs> whatever you were comforting words you had to say in like the most Grace perfect style. timing. Yes. And uh, I would always go back to that and think, wow. And, and that was, I think, even before you had lost 
we'll yeah. go into, you know, your story, but I think it was even before any of that, you just have always had a way with words and a way with, I think you're just also very warming. Cause you were the first friend that I had like met when we had your wedding and stuff. And you were like the <laughs> kindest person to me. And I was like, I love that girl. And I don't even <laughs> know her. <laughs> no, I, um, I think, yeah, after my loss, it definitely changed my perspective to like, you never, they always say, you never know what people are going through. You never know it. You're not walking in their shoes. But like, after that, I've just really switched my mind to think, what would I want to hear? You know, like, don't make it about me because I think a lot of times in grief, people selfishly don't talk about it because it makes them uncomfortable. Yeah. When the person really is the one that wants to talk about it and they want to say their name and they want to have that hard discussion, but because uncomfortable for us, we kind of avoid it. And I don't think that's fair to the person grieving because then you're kind of just pushing it away. Like it never happened. And that's the last thing, at least I wanted to have happen. Yeah. You know, them present because they were such a part of my life. So it's, I think it's, I don't know. It's just been something I've worked towards to help others have that space to talk about. So I think it really goes hand in hand with what you guys are doing and like what I hope to do too. So, yeah. Do you want to go into your story at all? And yeah. I don't know how far back you want to go. And there's a lot, but I'll just, I'll stick with, well, where it really started were like what changed for me. So, um, my husband and I, Luke got married in 2013. So nine years ago. And right after we got married, we, um, got pregnant and we found out we were having twins, which is like always been a dream of yours is to like have kids and you guys both came from very family oriented. Yes. Yes, for sure. And so we had like big dreams, you know, you find out you're pregnant. It's so exciting. And I got really, really sick right away. So we went into the doctor hoping like, Oh, we'll get some medication, whatever. It turned out like I was sick for a really long time, but, um, we found out we were having twins at only like six weeks and two days pregnant. And they're like, we probably won't see anything. And they saw like baby a baby B and we're like, what is happening? (laughs) Um, but we were going to have a boy and a girl and things just completely changed on July 2nd. We, um, went into the hospital. I was having contractions and my, how long were you on that at that time? So 22 weeks. Okay. So very, very early. And in my naive mind, cause you don't think anything until it happens to you, but I thought, oh, they'll give us some medication and stop the contractions and maybe do bed rest or whatever. But, um, I ended up, I was in preterm labor and I delivered our babies. Um, they were both beautiful and perfect and perfectly formed. And you never know what to expect that early, but like, honestly, every piece of them, was perfect. And they were both alive and they went to the NICU in Rochester and, um, our son, Colin Cooper passed away after two days. And then our daughter, Cal Grace after 20 days. And we got to hold them both as they, as they left this world. And I like, couldn't do it without my husband. And he was the strongest, you know, like staple in our family and he really held it together for us. But I think like our faith is what got us through. And that's like really a changing point in my life is when all that happened. So 
um, yeah, that's that part of our story. And we do now have um, two beautiful other babies here on earth with us here. My daughter Penelope is seven and Macklin is four. So there's all, all four of my children. Yes. How, how do you say like going through that? I mean, obviously you guys are newlyweds and you're going through this and do you feel like you lost a part of who you were or do you think you, you're changed forever by that? Oh God. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Not only like you just became a wife, but now you just became a mother within right. a matter. Like all of that happened. It was the day I delivered the twins was our five month wedding anniversary. And we're wow. that we got pregnant on our honeymoon. <laughs> so <laughs> it all, there was no like honeymoon phase. We didn't have that. Um, but it really, I think it was either a making a make or break point for our marriage too. Absolutely. Like, and, you know, like we're either going to do this together and I can see how it can so easily pull people apart because everyone grieves differently. And it was such a huge thing that happened and we were young and yeah, you know, so yeah. I'm, I'm grateful the way it turned out, but well, and two, I think there is a difference. I mean, we're carrying them. We feel the changes. We know the changes yeah. and from a male and father perspective, it doesn't always quite kick in until they see those right. changes and still yeah. even at that point. So then all of a sudden to see a baby and then yeah. for them to be gone. I mean, it was like, I'm sure you, you're both completely processing at Absolutely. different points. Right. Yeah. They say a, a woman becomes a mom the day she gets pregnant and the dad becomes a dad the day the babies come. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, he, and Luke never got the chance, you know, to like feel the kicks and yet like nothing, it was so early. He didn't get that part of it. So right. we you try to embrace pregnancy as much as you can, but like, it was so short but it's, it was amazing to see how he handled everything too. Like you can really, you could really tell he just really put it in God's hands because we were asked to make decisions that you should never have to make, you know, do you want to try to save the babies? Well, of course we want to try to save them. Um, and then it was when we take them off life support and those decisions are impossible. Yeah. Um, you know, that's when it was all in God's hands because we never had to make decisions without those signs ahead of time. And that's what we kept asking for. So we didn't have to yeah. feel that guilt or, you know, regret, or did I do it wrong? So there were some really big moments, but it pulled us together for sure. Yeah. That's incredible. Can I ask how you guys pulled it together? Like, what can you give advice for? Like, how did you guys cope with it with one another? What were some of those big things? Um, first it was, like I said earlier, learning that everyone grieves differently and Mm -hmm. being accepting of that. Like I am a talker. (laughs) I talk through all of the things and I want to know how you're feeling and when you're feeling it and all of the things. And Luke's the opposite where he's an internal healer and he was grieving internally. So finding that balance where it like, helped both of us, you know, where I could still stop talk, but I didn't expect him to like come to me with everything. And also just finding those outlets of people that you could talk to about it, mm-hmm. you know, and not holding it in. That was my big thing. I don't want to pretend it never happened. I don't want to go on with life like 
it was nothing, you know? So I wanted to find those people that would listen and let me sit in my grief and let me feel and not push it away. Yeah. So that important. So that's like this here, I think another reason, like this can help people find, um, that relatability and that connection that they're searching for. Some people don't have a support system, mm-hmm. allowing people to have that space to talk I, about. I completely agree with that hundred percent. I think that was one of my, uh, I think goals in this was just not only for people who are going through it, but for people on the opposite end yes. and how to handle the grief. I don't think people realize that it's their uncomfortability. It's their problems, you know, and I go, no, people want to hear it. We want, we, anything you send, anything you say means so much, you know, but you know, it's okay to say, Hey, do you want to talk about this or do you not? It's okay to ask. You don't have to, but more than likely people do want to talk about it. But I did say, I I go, you know, I'm not going to lie. There's a few times where I would go out and I just wanted to be normal, not normal. Oh yeah. I wanted to just be myself, not have to like have the looks and the, the, you know, like, and I know people don't mean to, and it it was a lot of my thing of like, I had to accept that it was really people caring and, you know, they, it was like love and it was caring, but sometimes you just wanted to go out and not remember, just be your old self. Yes. Just be kind of in, just get to have fun and be in that place and just be in the moment and not have to like bring some of that up. And then I realized that really that had nothing to do with anybody had to do with me, but no, but I, I've learned so much just from what you're going with and hearing you even say, I want to talk about it because I've always been taught as like growing up, like you let them have their private life. Like you don't ask those questions, mm-hmm. you be respectful. And so until somebody would bring it up to me, then I would talk about it. But now what listening to all of this, like I'm totally changing how I go about right. things. Right. And with what you were saying too, Sam, sometimes you wanted to like, just go about life and not be like the sad friend, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> I don't want I don't want that to be my thing, you know? Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> And then you almost feel like guilty for feeling that happiness or feeling that joy or like, are they going to question that? I don't care anymore. Or they mm-hmm. do they done grieving because I feel this way. So then it was such a contradiction and you're like, what am I doing? Am I supposed to be going out or, you know, so it's, I totally get that. And I think that's a really hard. Oh, transition. I have that in so many aspects of life. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's like, I, you know, I choose to travel and I choose to do some things and it's like, okay, is that the judgment on there? Like, what if I, you know, if if I'm going on dates, does that mean that I no longer still love him or I no longer grieve that, you know, and that's not true at all, but yeah, you totally get wrapped up in kind of the right way of doing it. And that's where I came along with all of this. As I learned my journey is like, there's no flipping right way to do it. You have to do almost what feels good in the moment. And sometimes it's crying for four days, four days straight, which I just recently (laughs) did. And, and and not talking to anybody, not responding to a text message, you know, but I think those people who really love you and understand, uh, they understand those times. And then when you're ready, you come out and sometimes you're like, yeah, you guys witnessed it this summer. I had so many hard days at volleyball. I don't know what it is about the Thursday night, but my anxiety was through the roof. Some nights I literally yeah. walked off the, the court, 
just because I was having like a triggered moment and I was like, I got to go. I just, I, my anxiety's through the roof and I can't tell you how supportive everybody's always been. And it's so cool. Cause I think our group, we just sit down and it's like, Hey, how's life. And sometimes we have some really deep, crazy conversations and we go play volleyball, like, and we can laugh and have fun. But I think that's, what's so great is that we talk about that stuff. We discuss it. We allow each other to just Blech, puke it out. Yeah. yeah. And we just know there's no judgment. There's no looks. There's no uncomfortable silence. It's like, yeah, you know, and then it's okay. What's next? Oh, I got a promotion. Awesome. You know, yeah. it's great. It's a good thing. Right. When it's, it's like you said, it's just allowing the space to do that. And a lot of people are uncomfortable with it, but you need, I think that's what's so cool about our group is, yeah, you just, you feel supported what and you're comfortable and it's just a natural thing for us to all talk about it and mm-hmm. number four yeah yeah I think the more too the more you just lead by example and do I know like I forget who it was I got a text after something and I don't know if it was somebody subbing for us I couldn't remember and they were just like I have to tell you like I just appreciate you being so real and vulnerable and honest about like just where you're at in life I know that I can't relate to exactly your situation but it was really relatable as like I feel those ways too, you know? And yeah. it's like, I'm oh. not alone. Yeah. yeah. And that like, when you start hearing those things, you're like, oh, like here I am just puking out my <laughs> stuff, you know, <laughs> because there isn't very many people to talk to. And not that like you want to talk about it all the time, but when you get together with the people who you can just talk openly about it and you don't have to share your whole backstory and everything that goes along with it. It is, it is nice. It is a great relationship to have and create with others. Well, I think a lot of people talk about like even listening to the one last week, um, just hearing how a lot of people don't have the friendships that I feel like a lot of us have, like, it's I all I see on mom groups is does anybody want to be my friend like it's so it makes me so sad because I'm like I am we are all so blessed with our groups of friends where we get to come as we are and that makes me sad and I hope that this like we've discussed this outlet kind of helps people know that we're all a little messed up (laughs) (laughs) like people can find friends in you guys even if it's not a physical connection with someone, but like they can listen to you guys and feel that friendship connection, you know, and that's really cool with what you guys do. Cause it is just very, um, off the cuff, you know, like it's not, nothing is too scripted or anything like that. So I think people can find that through you guys too. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. I, I'm just glad to have you on here. Cause like, I feel like I, I don't know there, you just, you have, I could, you just have a knowledge and you're so open and willing to communicate about it that I think there was a while for me, there was quite a time there where I didn't even know what to do, you know, and I would look back and just because you always kind of, you were the one that created that safe space to just talk about it and you would bring it up and you would do that. And I, I don't know, I appreciate it so much from you as a friend. Cause I don't think I would be in my healing today had um, I not had an outlet like that. And just yeah. somebody to, I knew I could call you at any point, you know, did I know? Cause it's not always what you need, but it's just nice to know that there's that person there. Yeah. If you need them. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. 
No, I appreciate that. That goes right back to you too. And it's, it's having someone that just cares about you and how you're doing through all of the good and the bad. They're not just there for you through the, for the happy Sam, you know, they're yeah. there for you, everything. And that's, yeah. that's really. So, I mean, question for you, do you feel that that's ever affected your healing and your life is caring too much about other people at times and doing too much for other people and not taking that time for yourself. Do you have a balance there? Uh, I need to be better about finding the balance. I think sometimes, um, it's like, it's such a blessing to me that I can be that person for people. And I, I've been told a lot, like I feel comfortable and, Um, you're so easy to talk to and open up to. And I love that. And I love that I can be that person, but sometimes I have a hard time, um, not getting caught up in everybody else's feelings. Mm -hmm. So when someone's hurting, I'm hurting too. And, um, but also it can be so healing for me because I'm kind of like healing myself through the process of just like what I'm telling them is what I need to tell myself. So it can go both ways, but yeah, finding that balance can be really hard of being that person for everybody, but also like learning how to not take it in, getting to sit with them in their emotion, but not keep it and hold on to it. I would agree. I think that's one of the hardest parts is I love that I can sit and I can just be in it, but I have a hard time letting it go when they leave too. Yeah. And now you're. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was oh. just saying, <laughs> you're not only feeling your feelings, but now you're sharing in those. So then it just becomes a cluster sometimes and it can be very stressful, overwhelming. Yeah. But. I do think too, it can bring up certain areas that you got to heal. Like, mm-hmm. and it's like, Oh, I didn't know <laughs> yeah. that I could feel that way so intensely still, or you know, being so worn out after having a conversation like that means, okay, I need to talk about this more. I haven't talked about this enough, or like, I need to figure out an outlet to bring this up so that when I do, it's not so exhausting and extreme. Yeah. Well, and it can be, there's so many triggers and a lot of times you have no idea what they are. Mm -hmm. They can come up sometimes just talking about it can be a big trigger. So then Mm -hmm. you're, I can get back in a funk of, Oh my gosh. Like a lot of people come to me with like fertility stuff for baby loss and all that is wonderful. Cause I've been there and I can talk about it, but then it, it brings you right back to it sometimes too. Yeah. 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 Is there, do you have a technique or something you've learned in order to deal with some of those triggers? Um, writing has always been so good for me. I am much more of a mind to paper person to express myself rather than like in person even. Um, so that's always really, really helpful for me and just really, um, lots of prayer and a lots of, um, just being grateful and finding those things I'm grateful for mm-hmm. and, and sticking with the good too. And finding all that good is totally fine and not something I need to be ashamed of because I'm hurting. I can, I can allow both. So yeah. for sure. Gratitude is something special. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And so important and something every day. I think you should find those things to be grateful for Mm -hmm. even on the real days. And I think when you've experienced such extreme loss, you really live differently. Like you Mm -hmm. forever, you just do because 
you know what it's like, you know, it can be anything you've had everything stripped away from you. And when you've had everything stripped away from you, you realize like, okay, like, yeah, it is. It's too short. And it's just every day really is a blessing. Life can change dramatically in under 24 or 12 hours. Incredible amounts. Yeah. And you're never the same, you know, how, how Mm -hmm. that's just wild to think in 12 hours, you can just never be the same person again, even, even in an hour, you know? Right. Uh, How one situation, one circumstance can change everything. Yeah. Yeah. So as you're writing and you're doing this, are you, do you like to write on social media in a journal, writing a book? Are you, how, how do you, how are you getting that out right now? Right. Um, I've always written in notebooks and all of that stuff. And then I would do social media here and there and got a lot of, um, input as like, okay, you need to write a book or you need to keep writing. This is so healing for me. And I love the connection I feel. So I started, I've always dreamt of that, but growing up, I was, well, what am I going to write about? You know, is it a novel? Is it what, what kind of book? And then once we lost the twins, it really just hit me what I wanted to share. And the story really just spilled from my heart. And I found it so healing to speak about, you know, every hurt and every, every detail of what I experienced, but also every smile and all the joy. And so I started writing a book and I want it to really be one of those books that someone can pick up and cuddle up in a warm blanket and feel like they're having an intimate conversation with me. You know, I want them to feel connected and to feel heard and to be seen and to know that they're not alone. They have a place to feel all their feelings. And, um, I'm excited for it. It's, it's definitely in the works still, but it's something that has been really special for me and I'm really proud of it. And I can't wait to like finish and have it continue with that next step. Yeah. I do. little um, excerpt I wanted to share with you from that. Is that right? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Dwell in hope. Psalm 16, verse nine, though it has several meanings. When I initially look at the word dwell, I think it has a negative connotation, or at least I give it one to sulk, to wallow, to sit in one space. When I look at the word hope, I'm filled with peace and optimism, hope for another chance a brighter tomorrow, a new beginning. So to me, these two words are opposite or contradictory. They bounce back off of each other. But what if they can coexist? My story could be someone's saving grace. My bravery and vulnerability could allow someone to speak their truth. My unwavering love for Jesus through heartache could be someone's breakthrough into discovering their own faith. I need to share who I am and how I got here to show others that living with their grief and still finding joy is completely possible. Our minds tell us we cannot have both, but our hearts tell us grief and joy can blend together into a coexisting front. I'm crying. (laughs) I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank you. That was beautiful. Oh, Uh, thank you. I think that is so a hundred percent like on the nose. It's so cool. Yeah. So I want, that's like what I really want people to feel. I want it to be an intimate story about about me but also like about everyone's hard like everything your stuff and the way I deal with grief is not how it's going to be for everybody and it's not going to work for everybody but to know there's different outlets and just a place for people to go 
Yeah. I want, I, I don't want people to be alone in what they're doing. Well, and I think sometimes there's a false reality of, uh, where people are and how they got there. Mm-hmm. And I know for some people, they don't want to dig into the past, right? Or they're like, well, I don't want to hurt somebody else while telling the story, or I don't want to, you know, bring this up or dig up old things. And it's like, you know, I, I've even realized as I've interviewed people and heard people, and sometimes people are really scared to talk about. And I go, and I look at it and I go, it's beautiful. Yeah. Like you don't understand how many people need to hear that you were married four times, not you, Brianna, but like, you know, that you, (laughs) you went through all of that. And now you've been, now you're, you found the love of your life and you've been with them for 30 years and you've raised kids through loss through this, or like, we need to hear that our generations need to hear that because I think our I would say our parents came from very much generation like Ellie, like you said, you don't talk about it. You don't discuss it. Everything's peachy keen. You put a smile on your face and you act like nothing happened. And reality is, is that's, that's why I think we have so many addiction issues and that's why we have so many problems that have come out of stuff is because nobody knows how to handle it. Yes. Yeah. Or they don't know. Like I've, I've heard so many people go, I, or have resentment towards their parents or people around them, like, because they gave off this idea of perfection. And as you grow older, you realize this is so far from the truth. And then you start to realize the truth in areas and you're pissed. You're mad because you're going, I feel I'm the only person. And now you're going to tell me, oh no, we had a rocky relationship your entire childhood and you're going, what, you know, like I, so that's normal, but like, but now I have to process that, you know, that this stuff was going on and process my emotions and what I'm going through too, feeling that I was isolated and I'm the only one and I'm reliving what you basically guys went through. You know, it's just, it's crazy. Just as marriage, like you're looking for that perfect partner and you're seeing your parents have this perfect marriage and then mm-hmm. hearing in reality, it wasn't perfect. You're, <laughs> you're searching for this unicorn that isn't ever going to be there. Yeah. And I can right? say, yeah, I think the same goes with parenting and grief and failed marriages, failed businesses, bankruptcy. I mean, all of this stuff. And it's so crazy when you do hair, when you do what you do. And, you know, when you get into these businesses, you realize like, oh, everybody has their shit. shit. With our society and like the culture we have that everything is put on social media, like nothing is private, but also the public stuff you're seeing is all the highlight reels of everyone's Mm -hmm. life. You're not seeing the realness. Right. So it's easy to think I am the only one because look at them, look at their lives. So it's like the most private, but like public world we live in because everything is out there for everybody to see, but how much of it is like real. Yeah. Is the heart. Yeah. And I think, you know, what we're doing, what you're doing, I think I love to highlight these things, even Brian that we had on and, you know, my mom, like these people who, I guess we could, we are all just like average everyday people. Right. You know, but we're doing things, we're doing things in life, not just for us, but to make a mark on those around us. And we're feeling uncomfortable and we're going to be vulnerable and we're going to share these things because we know how important it is. And I love it. And I don't think this is going on everywhere. 
I do think that there's a special place right now in the P I don't know if you, um, attract like-minded people, right. Cause you just start going through that. Or if there's just the more you see other people reach out and find that confidence and be vulnerable, the more everybody around you tends to do that and follow through too. Yeah. to open those doors up for people yeah. to be like, you're allowing them to do that. Yeah. I agree. I think it's beautiful. I'm excited to read this book. Do you have an estimated time of like, or is it just a a process? Just a process. It's hard. Some days, you know, you can write for hours and some I get stuck and you're still living life, you know, still being a parent and going through all the craziness of life. But I would love to say like this year, but there's, it's so new to me. I'm like to find all the the publisher. That is just such a, it seems crazy to even think I'm doing it, but, um, hopefully okay. sooner than later, it'll come out, you know, it'll be ready when it's ready. And yeah. I love that you said that there's no time frame on it because you'll know when it's yeah. ready. When I- and yeah. And yeah. it's crazy. Cause things will just come. They just come all of a sudden mm-hmm. you like tell a few people like, yeah, I'm looking for a publisher. And all of a sudden you'll, <laughs> you'll be at a bar and you'll be talking to somebody and you'll be like, what do you do? And they'll be like, I'm a publisher. <laughs> you'll go, what? <laughs> I need a publisher. Like that's legit how it goes every time. And it's so cool when you put it in God's hands or, you know, in that, and you just, you get to sit back and do work on your purpose. Cause that's what you're supposed to be doing. Well, and then it can be so much more like happen so much more organically than Mm -hmm. forceful. So then it's like, it's allowing the words to come out that are supposed to come out and what I'm supposed to say will come out, you know, so I can really finish it and feel confident that it's, what I want it. See, I'm the type where I, if I write something down, I'm going to go back 500 times and I'll be revamping it, revamping it, revamping it. But so, you know, sometimes to take that time is, is nice to keep rereading through it and rereading through it. But I know like for me and even starting this podcast, it was so exciting. We had, I had all this creativity in the beginning. And then I just hit a spot recently where I have like I told Allie, I go, I can't even write. Like I can't, I can talk, I can do all this stuff, but to sit and put things down on paper or write it out, or even a description, you mm-hmm. were to be like, describe that house. I would look at it and I'd be like, <laughs> I don't even know where to start. Like, I don't have it. But then, you know, you could have talked to me three months ago and I would have been like, it's blue and vibrant. And like, <laughs> I could have this whole spiel out, but right. just that creativity block, it, it's been difficult. And somehow I'm like finding my way out of it, but yeah. I'm like, here I go. I get into this thing and I, all of a sudden I feel like my creativity is just boom, gone, you know, right. and you're, and really what it is, is I'm dealing with certain parts of grief and trauma and I'm processing some stuff. And I had to realize that until I process this, I'm going to have a block for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's been a little ugh, like, okay, I get it, you know, but right. it's, it's tough when you, when you start putting it out there and now all of a sudden you tell people, and then it's the fear of like, okay, what if this happens? And you have to just understand that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And I think it's really easy to get inside your head and start to question, you know, like things are going so good and I'm doing so many things and I am being creative and sharing my passion, but then you can get in your head and start doubting and questioning. And cause there's always going to be that where you can think of the worst or you'll have people that give you that hate or that, yeah, that doubt. So it's easy to, you know, attach to that rather than the good. But I think, yeah, dealing with those 
seasons, like, and being okay that, okay, I'm not writing right now, but I'm doing a lot of other really good things. Yeah. You can go months without writing something. Well, and even if you're not doing anything good, that's just it sometimes. Like, I think we need to hear that. Like, no, I've been crying for 40 years straight and I've done nothing good. I haven't even done my dishes. And I don't even want to look at myself in the mirror. (laughs) You know, but I think that's the stuff I need to hear because it's almost like once I hear that, all of a sudden I give myself permission, like, oh, like you're okay, you're fine. Get, get yeah. your ass up and you're good, you know? Okay, like to give yourself grace that this is totally normal and that it's life sucks sometimes and it's really hard. And sometimes you just, don't need I, an actual thing to be. sad or sad about either. Sometimes your, your body. And if us as females, like our hormones, just like life, like sometimes you don't even know why you don't even know why you're just just resting season. And you need to rest because there's going to be a busy season and eat a box of zebra cakes in the car before you come inside. All of them. (laughs) So, you know, kind of going back to what it's like to have lost children how is it when holidays like mother's day coming around? What is it? What is it like for you? Is it enjoyable? Is it sad? Is it, is it, is it torn? Because, you know, yeah. Yeah. I think that one thing I had to really learn and it took time. There was no certain thing that was going to happen to fix it. It was just, it took time to know that, I can hurt and I can cry and I can miss my kids, but I also can smile and like have that moment of holding my daughter's hand or chasing Macklin, you know, I can have those and not feel guilty about it, you know? And and I think with holidays or anniversaries or birthdays or anything, I think my mind and my body almost know it's coming before I realize it. Like I can feel it in me. Something's off. Something's I'm either, whether I'm more sad or more anxious or whatever it may be. And then it comes like, okay, that's in two weeks. Like this is coming up. I know it's like your body goes back to that place. And it like remembers your body without- keeps score. Have you ever read, the, yes. read that book? Your body no, keeps I- score. It knows, it knows it's yeah. coming. It's crazy. Right? It is crazy. Yeah. And I, you really need to just sit in that moment, you know, and be okay with, like you said, Allie, like that waiting season, sometimes that you're, it's the unknown and you don't know where you're going next or what the plan is, but just to realize that it is all God's plan and all of this will come together. Um, and just to really embrace those moments. Cause yeah, being mother's day is hard. Cause you think about all of them. I have two kids here and I have two kids in heaven and to separate yourself is a very conflicting thing. Yeah. How do you like with your kiddos now, like incorporate, like showing excitement about their brother and sister and how do yeah. you, um, I've always been very open about them. Like they know about them. We have stockings for Christmas and, um, we do a birthday celebration every year for them. And even just today, so not everybody listening is from Minnesota, but it snowed today and it was terrible and it's April and we all hated it. But Matt then woke up and he's like, oh, it snowed. And there's like maybe a quarter of an inch out there, but we went out and played in the snow and he made um, snow angels. And he's like, mom, look, does this remind you of Cone and Kala? And Aww. it was so 
cute because it's just part of us, you know, like it's just part of their, that's their brother and sister. And I think just saying their names and hearing other people say their names is so huge for me. Like, yeah, they're my kids and I'm their mom and I'm always going to be that. So we always try to make, yeah, birthdays special, Mother's Day special. We go out every year to the cemetery on Mother's Day and plant flowers. Um, and with Minnesota as well, sometimes you can't do it on Mother's Day. Sometimes you're chiseling. All of, them, all of them freeze and then you're sad because they all just died and you have to do it again. But we still try to make it special every year. <laughs> do you have any advice for other people, parents, um, mothers who have lost children? Oh gosh. Um, to find your people and to lean into them and not try to do it on your own. I think it was my biggest thing and learning for me, like depending on them and not trying to be strong all the time is okay. And my faith is really what got me through, you know, really just like all of the hard, I give it to God and I take the next step. You know, sometimes it's not even day by day you're getting through. Sometimes it can be minute by minute, just making that next step and surviving. And that's okay. Um, There's no right way to do it, but like finding those people that you can talk about it with and, or just sit with and cry and, you know, and not have to say words and just let yourself feel is so important. As far as like a timeline, you know, and as far as you are out now compared Mm -hmm. to maybe when it was fresh and newer, you know, how's that affected your grieving? Do you think it's pretty similar? Do you think it's changed or, you know, what does that look like? Right. Um, I'd say it's definitely changed, but it's really hard for me when people say like, okay, it's been so long. Like you're probably moved on. Like to the moved on thing is hard for me to hear because I feel like grief is like, there's no timeline. There's no end. Um, in my book, I talk about how like grief is love. The reason you loved so hard and it's all that unexpressed love that you weren't able to give. So you're going to grieve. You're going to continue to grieve because it's not going anywhere. And there is no, so don't give yourself a timeline and feel like I should be to the next step of grief. You know, there's five steps of grief or whatever it is. You can go forward. You can go back. You can sit in one for a really long time. I could cry today about it. Like I was just there, you know, and it's been nine years. So it's, you're always going to have those memories and you're always going to have that love. So it's never going to go away, but it's definitely, I'm better now about understanding. Yeah. And knowing more about what I'm, what I'm feeling. So that helps acknowledging where you're at. I think I've I've noticed like when those moments come up, like I'm always grateful now. Like I used to be really scared because I'd be like, I don't know when it's going to happen or when this trigger happens. And now I've learned like, it's so good when those times happen, even though in the moment you're like, I don't want to feel this. But then when you're done, you're like, I needed to feel that because you just don't even understand how it starts to affect the rest of your life without your, even your everyday life, I would say, without even recognizing that it's affecting your everyday life, you start getting edgier. Maybe you have less patience. You're tired. 
your body starts to hurt. Maybe you're getting headaches. You have all these things. And all of a sudden the emotions come out, you something triggers, right. And then all of a sudden you have your emotional outburst in some way, whether it's private and whatever, Mm -hmm. however it comes out, it comes out and then you have it. And then all of a sudden your mind is clear again. And, you know, you just don't even realize that you suppress some of it until (laughs) it boils over. You have that release and you like feel free again because you do some, you're like, I just got to get through life for a long time. I didn't want to talk about it. Cause I'm like, I'm going to get wrapped up in this and I'm going to go back to that place. And I'm going to be in this funk that I'm not gonna be able to get out of. Cause I still have to be a wife and be a mom. And I have kids here that need me and I can't go there. So it's easy to think not talking about it'll help. But a lot of times for me, it's like you do, you need that release and you need to like, let it all out that you've been holding in. Yeah. I think that is the one thing that does come with time. Yeah. Is recognizing those. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, since we were like talking about mother's day, like we're all kind of in different yeah. situations, you know, so we know what it's like for you for mother's day. Like Ellie, what is mother's day like for you? Yeah, I guess for me, <laughs> mother's day has never really been a big thing. I yeah. feel like, um, I mean, I've always gone to like my grandma's grave and given her flowers and that kind of stuff. But I feel like with the real estate industry, I've always worked. <laughs> <laughs> and like, and it kind of becomes about everybody else except for yourself. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. right. <laughs> like, what do you want to do? Oh, I have to plan for my mother or my mother-in-law yeah. and yeah. Yeah. I just want to lay in bed all day and do nothing or go get my flowers. Like that's a big one for me, I guess, like going and getting my spring flowers, but yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I would say for me, like I, I, it's a lot harder than I ever thought it would be because I feel very alone. Yeah. Like I yeah. don't have anybody to, I mean, I do. My mom does a great job at, you know, taking my son and like my son doesn't even know when it's my birthday half the time. Like, you know, he just doesn't have anybody who is like on his bed, unless it's my mom. But I, and then I feel bad. Cause I'm like, mom, it's mother's day. Like, don't go do all this stuff. You don't need to do this right. stuff for me. But right. then also too, it's like, I don't have anybody who thinks or does anything like that for, you know, you're, you don't have a person, you don't have a person to do that. Yeah. And to like remind your kids and have your kids draw you a card or do those things. And sometimes you're like, ah, oh, like it's a, it's a little, it's kind of a weird reminder for me feeling like I'm alone, even though I'm not alone right. but at all, forced, you know, it's just a weird concept. It's a forced thing. I'm not big on commercial holidays. Let's just be honest. I hate Valentine's day. I, it is just one of those days when you are in that, I feel like it's more depressing. Like you just yeah. said, it's like mm-hmm. this day that comes and it's only one stupid day, but yeah. yet your whole mood can completely change where when Hayden brings you a dandelion, when he was little or yeah made you that beautiful little heart picture on a random rainy day. Like those are the things that I cherish. I don't like mother's day where it's forced. I don't like it at all. Right. Well, it it puts you in that place where, okay, this is a reminder of the place I'm at in life, whether that's good or bad, but I, I wish to like, why can't there be just recognition all the time for being a mom or being a dad or whatever you may be instead of the force. But it, no matter what, it's a trigger for a lot of people just because it's that date. It's like that birthday or that anniversary. It's just another date. Yeah. 
This is legit why I wanted to bring this up because I feel so many people feel the same way, but it's one of those things that we just do because you're just supposed to do it. And that's what you do. And I think if you really talk to your mom and I mean, honestly, sometimes I think it is more about mother-in-laws, which I don't, I don't understand. (laughs) Like, how does it always become about the mother-in-laws in a weird way? It's like, you know what? I'm going to send my husband off. You go take care of them and bring the kids with you and you go do your thing. (laughs) But no, I, it is interesting. And I, I feel like the more I hear people talk about their situations and different places of life, like a lot of people feel very similar. And so that's why I'm like, I want to talk about this because it feels like there's so much pressure. Yeah. Is it a generational thing though? Do you feel that we do so much now compared to even what our parents did. Like Mother's Day was a special, was it a special day back then compared to now? I would like to know that question, I guess. Mom? <laughs> uh, I think everything's became more extravagant. Like I think about like kids' birthdays. Like when we were little, you have some friends over and you have a birthday cake. Now it's like there's these themed birthdays and it's so extravagant. Yeah. I think that's now Keeping up like, with the Joneses. Okay. Yes, exactly. And I, with every holiday, yeah, for sure. On the flip side of that, I'm going to disagree a little bit because I do think that there is a generation where it was very, it's very much like you send a thank you card out and it's very disrespectful if you don't. And I'm over here like, don't waste your time. No. You have already said thank you. Yes. We went to your wedding. You gave us all this stuff. You fed everybody. We drank for free. We danced our butts off. I passed out for a little while, woke back up, like, you know, and you're doing all this stuff. And I'm always like, don't send a thank you card. Don't do that. And there is that generation where it's very much like you need to do these things. And if you don't, it's very offensive or it's like, you don't care or love them. I just want somebody to tell the guidelines up front. I want a thank you card. Okay. I'll mail you a thank you (laughs) card. Like, (laughs) like that was the last thing I wanted to do after a funeral, planning a funeral was to send out thank you cards, you know? And so I, I think we put it in our, um, thing that was like, thank you. But I, you know, I will not be sending that out because it's just, looking at stuff like that, it's like, God, how do you expect anybody to do that for you? Like right. it's exhausting. Who has time for this stuff? Nobody does. No. no. And I, I think it is an expectation that shouldn't be there. Like I've had this conversation with my mom where you need to send a thank you card out. And I'm like, I don't think people really care as much. Maybe like my grandma, maybe, but I don't know. Right. <laughs> and if they do, don't. is it about you or is it about them? <laughs> Exactly. I agree. I know. So I think there is definitely some different generational things and it's hard to, you want to respect that though, too. Like I want to respect, and I I do want to show gratitude and sometimes people accept gratitude differently, but it is really hard to logically understand some of that sometimes. But life, like we've talked about, it's exhausting. Life is exhausting (laughs) now. And maybe it was back then, but yeah, it's, just getting from one place to the next to the, like, yeah, yeah. your days are just cram packed. And it was a lot more affordable to be a stay at home mom. You could live off of one income, like your housing, you know, like it's so different now. You don't, you're, you're doing all the stuff at being a stay at home mom, but stay at home mom. Oh my gosh. It is <laughs> more work than having a yeah, job. It is. I can agree that it is really, really hard. And there's a lot of stigma about it that it's not 
Like, what do you, what do you do all day? You know, like you have so much time on your hands. I'm like, it's really hard. It's so hard. I feel like there's so much more expectation. And I don't know if, I think we do it to ourselves too. I think we have the same idea of like, oh, I just had a baby and I'm perfect. And I just jumped right back into life. And you're like, you know what? Can we all stop this stuff? Because it takes a whole year. You, you took nine months to build that baby. It is going to take more than nine months to like, it's taking me normalize. Nine years. <laughs> I'm still figuring it out. <laughs> like it's 15. Can you blame it? So Josh, you know, it's just, and this is why I love these conversations and I love this type of thing because it's like, let's stop. If we can all just agree <laughs> to like, stop trying to set the bar so high, like that would be fantastic. Like everybody put your hands in and go team go. And you know, like sweats, yoga pants. Sometimes I watch TV all day. Sometimes I get my shit done. That's right. it. Family. And all of day and to put that added pressure on us all in this day and age where there's always pressure from every angle and you're always going, going, like, let it be real. And just (laughs) everyone is probably doing the same thing you are. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Or or we all like secret addictions and like, you know, (laughs) like crying every night. So that's cool too, but that never works. <laughs> well, I appreciate you coming on so much. Yeah, I wanted to see. I was going to end with just a little quick prayer that I thought for all the moms out there, if that's all right with you guys. Yeah. Take it away. Awesome. Okay. So we just want to pray for all the moms, um, the grieving moms who long to bring their babies home, the moms dealing with infertility, desperately seeking to become pregnant, the overwhelmed moms who are in the busy season of life with their kiddos the courageous moms who are doing it on their own, the moms who have lost their own mothers, no matter how young or old. God bless these women as we pray for mothers everywhere. What a perfect ending. Yes. Thank you. Uh, Yes. I appreciate you guys so much. And again, congrats on all you're doing and keep doing it because it's awesome. Yeah, exactly. Love you. I can't read it. Yeah. Thank you so much guys. Thank you for listening to the Twisted Sisters podcast. We'll now leave you with a little bit of wisdom from Allie and Samantha. Imperfection is beauty. Madness is genius. And it's better to be absolutely ridiculous than absolutely boring. Twisted Twisted sisters. Sisters. We're all a little twisted.